Welcome to Destination DIY Detours. I'm Julie Sabatier. I discovered the Double Clicks through a YouTube video for their song Dimetrodon. Dimetrodon. They ate sharks and were ten feet long. Dimetrodon. It's a thought that I can count on. I immediately connected with this song that's basically about cheering yourself up on a bad day by thinking about a ten foot long dinosaur that ate sharks. The charming double clicks are sisters, Aubrey and Angela Weber. Angela plays the ukulele and guitar while Aubrey plays cello. I am walking in a mall or in an airport, and I'm filling up with loneliness and fear. Like I'm not really a member of this species, and I don't think I am special, I'm just weird. In addition to creating beautiful harmonies and clever, nerdy lyrics, the sisters have a knack for the business side of things. I'm totally impressed with their fundraising and tour planning skills, and they record a lot of their own stuff. They were kind enough to invite me to Angela's living room, where they recently recorded a video. Angela and Aubrey, thank you so much for having me here, and welcome to Destination DIY Detours. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to our couch. (laughs) Your famous couch. Yeah, it's on the internet. It's real. It's It's canon. So you recently got back from kind of an epic tour. Yes, we did. How was that? <laughs> what was your what was your favorite memory from that tour? Oh, great question. Yeah, we play in a lot of game stores. Um, so we do some venue shows, um, some comic book shows, some bookstore shows. We played a lot of game stores where they have, they move the tables to the side and kick out the Dungeons and Dragons players and set up a bunch of chairs. So we played a show in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, and about halfway through, it was getting kind of late. There were these two little girls from the back of the room who sort of crawled to the front, sat on the floor and just sort of like did little story time sitting crisscross on the, on the floor while we were playing our songs. They're funny. <laughs> Not entirely child-appropriate songs. Nope. It was pretty adorable. Aubrey, do you have a favorite tour memory? Uh, We also played a cafe, Melody's Cafe, in Pennsylvania, and uh, that had a ton of families, and they all sang along. So good. It was really, really sweet. Uh, Yeah. I also really liked going to Phoenix, I think was my other favorite place this year. Yeah, we've it's it's amazing to show up somewhere we've never played before and like just a couple people in the community have gotten everyone together and made them come out and it's just like weird. It's like a surprise party that we planned ourselves but didn't know we had friends. That's awesome. And I have to ask cuz I know touring is not as glamorous as it might seem from the outside. Uh-huh. Um even for you guys, what was your what was the worst part of touring? <laughs> we we always we learn every time it's just it gets to the point where you have to be very open with communication like I'm just not going to talk to you for the first four hours today it's very tiring we get very grumpy and then we get have to drive all night or something it's we we set boundaries <laughs> make sure we eat something yeah make sure yeah that's the worst part we forget to eat and then we and then we have to play a show yeah, <laughs> and then it, it's 10 p.m. on a Sunday in Houston where nothing is open. Nothing's open. Because it's oh. Sunday. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Not even the Taco Bell. <laughs> Nightmares. Oh, yes. We all get hangry from time to time. Absolutely. So are you able to support yourselves completely through your music at this point? Yes. Um, through the, the Kickstarter, we did a Kickstarter this year for our new album and a, a bunch of other stuff because of Stretch Goal Mania. Um, and one of those stretch goals was Aubrey quitting her day job 
mm-hmm. and doing this full time, which I've been doing uh, pretty much since the end of 2012. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it's what we do now. We come here, we, we work in my studio, which is directly above us, uh, nine to five on, you know, Monday through Friday, and then play we, shows on weekends. And play shows on weekends. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of like a real job, but also fun, but also very exhausting at the same time. And what's that been like for you in 2014, quitting your, your job? and That was the best. It was not a great job. <laughs> I was ready for this. It has also been just a huge adjustment because uh, now I have to set my own schedule. This is very daunting. Yeah, it's been a big adjustment because, you know, we've always been sisters and then we were in a band together and that's really fun. But now we're also co-workers and the people we see most yeah. of the time. Uh, so it's been <laughs> it's been fun. We've figured out things we can do independently and what we need to do together. And it's, it's awesome to have project-based work because yeah. then you can take a break afterwards. <laughs> And you guys are, are, you know, like you said, playing shows on the weekends, but you're constantly cranking out stuff. I mean, you're always putting up new videos. You're so prolific with just your interaction with fans on social media. And um, how much of your time is spent on kind of the business side of things versus the creative side of things? Not that business isn't creative, but yeah. kind of the marketing and, you know, business-focused fundraising other stuff like that. Um, it's probably half and half, I would say. Um, at least between the two of us, between the two of us, um, like Aubrey does a lot of the shipping and she does all the, uh, mixing for other than the albums, we mix everything ourselves. We do everything ourselves other than we have producers and masters on the actual album stuff. So there are, you know, I'll, I'll have this week. My goal is to import all our receipts and all of our, you know, our, our show, uh, inventory and also write a song. <laughs> um, it's uh and then always on Twitter and trying to not be on Twitter and being on Twitter anyway. And I think you know it's fair to say that for a lot of musicians marketing and kind of that business side of things really doesn't come naturally. And I think to a lot of creative people marketing in general seems kind of gross. So how do you get comfortable with self-promotion? I think my f- philosophy on it has been well, a, a couple things. First of all, I, I used to be a journalist. I was a reporter for a while. And so I really want to make it easy for people to access our information. Um, I remember as a reporter, just spending hours trying to like figure out a contact email for somebody on their website or like, when are, just tell me when the event is. So we try to make it really clear. Um, and then it, it marketing is gross and it, it feels kind of it's very frustrating when you make something and you want people to pay attention to it and, and you're just forcing people to pay attention to it and, and, and just <laughs> and that gets so sad when it doesn't work. So basically what we do is just keep producing stuff so there's always something new to talk about um, and then if it has its own momentum, we will, we will continue to push it out but not just be frustratingly trying to market something we already finished, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... Yeah, to a certain extent, but I mean, you have to constantly be like, you know, telling people about your shows. And and I think that you guys have been successful, um, obviously, because your content is great, but in part because you're so good at marketing yourselves to a niche market that is really kind of naturally into what you're doing. 
Yeah, they never would have found out if you hadn't been so good at Facebook I'm, events. I'm really great at everything. Yeah, I, I was in several... <laughs> I've, I've been in so many bands in Portland that never told anybody when or where their show was. And I, I was overjoyed and I knew <laughs> we were going to do so well when we started the band and Angela would have a Facebook event as soon as we booked the show. And it was just like, oh, this is going to be great. And, yeah. uh, and, then we, and then she made our website and it was like, okay, this, I'm excited. But I mean, I know from personal experience that it is, it does get kind of like, especially when you're doing like a Kickstarter or something like that. I mean, yeah. it get re- it can really sort of be, feel repetitive and, and, and I, I guess I'm wondering how you kind of keep that fun and fresh. Yeah. Uh, good question. Uh, I mean, I do try to make like, try to make the tweets funny. Like before we launched our Kickstarter, we asked for advice and our friend was like, come up with a bunch of jokes about your Kickstarter so that when you post about it twice a day, the tweets aren't identical. That's smart. Um, and so that's, that's one thing we do. And just knowing in my heart that no matter what I do, the day after our show in Phoenix, somebody's going to be like, when are you going to come to Phoenix? Uh, makes me w- never feel bad about promoting our shows because I know that this, no matter how many times I post it, people aren't seeing it. It's more important for me to not to, for people to know than for people to not be annoyed. Yeah. I guess if they're annoyed, they don't have to follow us. <laughs> what is the songwriting process like for you guys? Oh, so painful and <laughs> full of art. Um, uh, it's, it's, we, we, um, we release a lot of songs because we have to set those deadlines. And so, and when we don't produce, you know, if you don't produce, you get depressed. If you don't release, you get depressed. So we have to produce things, but there's always the, um, the tension of wanting it to be perfect and working on it forever. So we, we basically set a deadline. I'll, we'll think about things for a long time. We'll make a lot of lists. Um, we'll write something that doesn't rhyme, go back and try to revise it into something that does rhyme, and then basically comes down to crunch time. This is the day the song has to be done by so we can start arranging and mixing and recording or whatever. Uh, and then you just sort of, you go in the shower, you get inspired, you write the hook, <laughs> um, and then I I will usually put the final, the first final draft together and play it for Aubrey, and if she likes it, then we'll it'll become a song. And if not, uh, we will throw it away forever. And Aubrey, do you bring original stuff that, that is unfinished to the process as well? Like kind of saying like, hey, why don't we try this? <laughs> I've given up on that, <laughs> yeah, completely. You've written one of our one of our most popular songs, yeah. uh, Mr. Bear. But Aubrey, Aubrey is, is more on the making a crappy three-chord song sound like a real song. Yeah. It's her department. Trying to arrange it. And it always has a different melody. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Putting yeah. the cello on there and the beats. She's been working more on electronic stuff. <laughs> it's, been fun. it's been a fun year. <laughs> and in this year, um, you've taken on sexism in a lot of your songs. And it seems like what you're doing, like, to me, it seems like it would be hard to argue with, honestly. <laughs> but I'm sure that that does not stop some people. Yeah. How do you, how do you deal with that? Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we have done that. And there is definitely, when you are expressing an opinion as a woman, especially about sexism, even if it's not like a big one, um, people are going to argue with you so much. Uh, and it makes me want to make those songs really well-formed arguments. Um, and I'm very proud of our song, Nothing to Prove, which is a song about fake geek girl stuff. Uh, I met 
we met Patrick Rothfuss for the first time on the floor of Gen Con. Um, and he just came up to me and said, that's just a great piece of rhetoric. It was very well organized. <laughs> and I was like, I feel so good about that. Uh, of course, that doesn't stop people from being just saying the worst possible things in the world, um, in the comments or whatever. Uh, but I try to encourage myself by going to communities that I know are supportive of this and, you know, remembering the people that have said that we are helping them. Um, I, I try to, before I release the song, make it something I'm proud of so I don't care, you know, good or bad if people like it. Um, and I also just turn off the comments. I'm done with them. I don't need to hear what you have to say anymore. <laughs> um, if if you're just spitting hate speech, I'm I'm over it. So, what about you, Aubrey? <laughs> She's in charge. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's clear. We're making Aubrey talk a lot more than she usually does. <laughs> <laughs> um, but your your father teaches at the Berkeley um, yeah. School of Music, and Aubrey, you you studied cello and music production there. I did. But when did you first start making music together? Was that something that you did as children? Yeah, yes. I mean, not professionally as kids, obviously, because right. uh, we were <laughs> three and five. Uh, but I, I remember uh, I have two songs that will be stuck in my head forever that Aubrey wrote when before I was like four. Oh, yeah. Um, and just because we we knew that music was a thing, it was it was not unattainable for us, like for me like like electrical engineering is a mystery and that could never be real and that's why role models are important or anyway but but music was a thing so we we did it all the time um we had we, the studio we had the studio we had we the had, reel to reel the first time we started doing original stuff was in high school we had a band called charisma <laughs> a girl yes, we girl band which was amazing uh and then the double clicks this project is really the first time just the two of us did stuff together and it's been it's been real fun do you have other siblings no, no. just the two of you yeah and how has working together how has that changed the family dynamic the best part is that uh our parents are now just a subset of us and don't have their own identities that's pretty fun their mom, <laughs> mama and papa click there's just more people know them as that that's really satisfying yeah uh it it's fun it's um we we work when we were growing up, we were siblings. We didn't get along that well because we were sisters and we had each other to fight with. That was entertainment. Um, but when we finally, you know, moved out of the house and had a couple years apart, we realized we have a lot in common and we work really well together. Um, and we probably hang out way more now than we would otherwise, even yeah. though we most of it is work. So it's awesome. I'm really curious about the sibling dynamic. I, I, I have a little brother, and we and we get along great as adults, but we fought like crazy as kids. And, and still, like, he can still drive me crazy in a way that maybe no one else can. Sure. And so I'm just wondering, like, how that comes up for you. And you kind of referenced a little bit earlier when you're talking about tour in the middle of the night and maybe not having enough food, right, yeah. you know, at the time when you want food. I mean, does that come up for you? Is, is that part of your dynamic, the, the sort of getting under each other's skin from time to time? Yes, 100% it is. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, and I, I, I think that if we weren't, if we weren't sisters, the band would have broken up a long time ago. Oh, yeah. But the fact that no matter what we do, uh, or how annoyed we get at the song or each other, or whether one of those things are taking it out on the other one, 
uh, we're still going to have to be sisters means that we have to make it work <laughs> uh, eventually. So now that is our, it, like, it's beyond that now. Now that it's a job, we have to work on communicating. <laughs> if we don't get along, if then we I'm going to be along, living yeah, outside. Yeah, we don't get paid, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, so, yeah. And Aubrey, you, you're the older sibling, yes? Yes. But earlier, you said Angela's in charge. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so how did that happen? I, I have learned the error of my ways. <laughs> yeah. Over I have, and over and over. I just kept, like, every time I look back and it's like, no, I made that mistake and I don't need to do it anymore. And uh, obviously, Angela's learned from all those mistakes and she's done better. Yeah, I'm really exploiting the guilt of Aubrey bullying me when I was a child. Oh, for sure. And so now she has to pay me back by being in my band. <laughs> and it, it it's working out really well. That might be the secret to adult sibling friendship, yeah. actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> I think it really is a big part of it. So I like to, to sort of end the, the detour interviews with a couple of, um, of questions about DIY. Okay. So what, is, what does DIY mean to you? It means I don't have to go... I don't have to go deal with a producer and an engineer in a studio. Yeah. I can do it myself. Yeah. And I will probably choose myself over anybody else. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> ma- it, it, for me, it's, you know, writing what I want to write, making what I want to make without anyone, without, people will tell me what I should do, but I don't listen to them. So the shoulds only come from myself. And Aubrey, is there, is there an aspect of, is there like a gender aspect to that where, you know, a lot of people working <laughs> in music production are male, so I'm just curious I'm sure if are. there's kind of a, um, no, you know. No, it just takes a lot, uh, it takes a really a huge amount of communication and just uh, and compassion and empathy to be the person on the other side of the microphone. And I know I'm not hugely amazing at it, but uh, I, I know when I get, when I start recording um and i'm singing into a microphone i am just so insecure that i do not want to deal with anybody else's stuff like i need to focus on me (laughs) that moment and uh i and it's it's a beautiful skill and there are many wonderful people who have it and it makes it wonderful when i can make yeah when i can do it myself and feel safe because i am by myself (laughs) Yeah, I think that's another great thing about us being sisters is that we have all of the same vocabulary and uh, although she knows way more about it than I do, we can kind of have the like weird sibling cyclic bond of like, (laughs) I know what I want this to be and she's going to trust me and we don't have to deal with people telling us what to wear, what to write about. And you're both obviously accomplished DIYers in many senses, but what is your most memorable DIY disaster? <laughs> DIY disaster. Everybody's got one. Yeah, sure. Um, we we started a project called Weekly Song Wednesday um, in the in 2011, end of 2010, because um, we had written like four songs and we were like, this is fun. We only have four songs. This is not enough for a show at all. And we keep trying to fill up an hour with four songs. <laughs> um, so we, we did that. And then uh, and then it got to this point where it was every week and we had to come up with something. So one week we wrote a parody of the song Home on the Range. 
about the movie Cowboys and Aliens. It had to be some. We had to post something. We had to post we had, something. The internet was waiting. And John Favreau was that the guy who the the director of the movie retweeted it for some reason. Yeah, we were. It, so we did a parody with a home on the range for the movie Cowboys, Cowboys and, and Aliens. Aliens. It was just the worst thing we've ever made, and it, a lot of people saw it. Yeah, they did, because he tweeted about it. Because he tweeted about it. It was just, like, so embarrassing, and it didn't make us not put up embarrassing things on the internet, but it certainly did make us sad for a while. <laughs> Deadlines will do that to you. Yeah, yes. It's okay. We made another thing the next week, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for taking this detour with us. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for coming. Thanks for coming over. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Angela and Aubrey Weber are the Double Clicks. We'll have links, videos, and music from the Double Clicks up on our website, destinationdiy.org. And I want to thank our sound engineer for the Detour series, Mr. Levi Cecil, along with Destination DIY intern Sasha Peters. Credit for naming the series goes to Destination DIY producer Jamie Cuddy. Thanks for listening. I entered this scene through rejection and honesty. Nerds weren't mean, they were weird, and that worked for me. After ten years of teasing, when social skills failed me, Dungeons and Dragons cured all that ailed me. We read books, we played games, we made art, we watched Lost, we said things like D20, shipping, and mana cost. It felt good to myself not being mocked still self-conscious though we whispered things about jocks but one day you grow up come into your own now geeks not rejection it's a label i own then ignorant haters come to prove me wrong tell me i'm not nerdy enough to MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.